Jonesy and Amanda's I've been enjoying the ABC Exposed series, Luna Park, the Ghost Train Fire. And well, we, we spoke to the journal yesterday. Caro Meldrum Harrow, which is a classic ABC name right there, but this is an extraordinary piece of uh, journalism. So the story so far in the 1970s, was it 1979? 1979. There was a fire in the ghost train at Luna Park. I, I, it's so terrifying and horrific, the scene that unfolded there. How many young people died? So there were six kids that were killed. And a parent. Four mates and uh, two boys and a dad. Yeah, and a couple of siblings too in there. Yeah, so there? The, two, the two boys and their dad. Oh, just terrible. And it is, it's such a... And I was such a big Luna Park fan, and yeah. I was of the age of those boys that were the, the four mates that were killed. And as we said yesterday, and that's what happened with these boys, it was for many people of our generation, this was a rite of passage to go to Luna Park yeah. without your parents. This this was a place of happiness, of thrills, of intrigue, and and that terrible fire that everyone was told at the time was electrical. The head copper that came down then, the detective, he came down there and said that it was an electrical fire that was responsible for the ghost train. Nothing else to see here. But then when you watch this uncovered series... And there's three in the series? There's three in the series. There's another one next week. But the fuse box, for example, where the so-called fire started was completely intact. There was power running through the ghost train ride when the fire broke out. And so if the fuse box had caught on fire, it would have tripped the fuse and... The, yeah. the, the electricity would have been running. The That's ghost train. Test ca- number one. Yeah, the cars were coming out and, and they were actually on fire. And didn't witnesses also say they could smell kerosene? Well, this is the other thing. All the witnesses, there was a popular. There was a, a, a two witnesses, two young kids, that said that they saw a bunch of bikey-looking dudes on the ride 10 minutes before the fire. Eyewitnesses went on to say they heard these bikies talking about kerosene matches and you shouldn't have done that. Ten minutes later, the thing's engulfed in flames. The police dismissed all these witnesses. So seven witnesses all said they saw these bikey guys get onto the ride. And also, didn't they just dismantle the entire crime scene or the entire scene instantly? Within two days, the whole thing was completely gone. There was just the track and nothing else. So what are the implications of this? This is what Caro said on our show yesterday, that that the implications are is that the head investigator yeah was crooked yeah well, well that's allegedly Doug Knight he was the uh, the detective that was doing this and he was the one that was pursuing the line that it was an electrical fire they even put in the newspaper police are looking for witnesses that can corroborate the electrical fire story. They didn't even have witnesses to the electrical fire thing. And people in the coroner's court were saying, well, no, it wasn't electrical fire. It must have been something else. But the whole, you know, you look at it now, the investigation that we go into to get to the bottom of things. But even in a domestic fire, a domestic insurance claim has more thorough investigation than this. You've got, here's what you've got. The take home from this is you've got seven witnesses that say they saw these bikey guys, they smelt kerosene and there was talk about kerosene and matches, and you shouldn't have done that. There were seven witnesses. The police didn't question, didn't pursue any. They let all these leads just run. And cold. why? Why? That's the big question. So when you look at it, so the other thing to take home is, were they just incredibly lazy? You thought, oh, no, I couldn't be bothered dealing with this. It's Saturday night. Let's just uh, just say it was electrical fire. Or were they incredibly corrupt 
and that whole area at Luda Park could have been a great casino or something like that. So bags of cash are paid. Bikies around the 70s were pretty uh, uh, well known for doing standover work and things like that. So, But the system was so corrupt. Police, yeah. politicians as well. It'll be interesting to see next week how high up the chain this goes because if that if that investigator is sent in to wrap it up, yeah. who gave those instructions? Seven people were murdered. That's right, and it's horrific. So That's 40 it comes years later, yeah. we're learning this now. And you look at it 42 years, it's 42 years later, and you say, oh, well, you know, time heals all wounds. No, but it, it doesn't. doesn't. And we're still, and rightly so, prosecuting Nazis, you know, from, from World War II. Statute isn't over, mm. and what an insight, a horrific insight into how our society was running. But you know what? Those bikies, those guys that were there, one of those would still be... There were seven of them. Well, there was between seven and nine of them that were seen on that ghost train ride that night. So they would have been anywhere between, at the time, 16 to 23 in age. So those guys now would be in their 60s. No, they know. Someone, Someone knows. knows something. Someone out there's conscience would be just eating into their brain. So it's, a, it's an amazing story. And it's such a Sydney story yeah. as well. Charm Nation. With Jonesy and Amanda.